0: They're a protected species. You can't touch them. You can't touch their eggs. Just forget about it and move on.
1: The Canadian geese came and took his family. Now, he will use his unique set of skills to get them back. You listen to me, you cannot bastard bird. I'm gonna find you and I'm gonna kill you.
2: You would really risk an international incident. For what? Some
0: pigeons?
1: I will send those geese straight to hell. Coming soon. Liam Neeson stars in the Netflix original film, The Migrant. You're going to regret ever flying south and kidnapping my family.
2: WFOD begins now. My name is Mike. I am joined by the king of pranks, the albino alligator, Mr. Travis Hulse. Hey. Travis, we have one hell of a show for the people tonight. Two guests on the show tonight. Travis, uh, we're going to be talking to uh, Paul Weitz. He's a uh, director, actor. You you, you look up Paul Weitz. He's made a lot of things, Travis. Director of uh, the original American Pie film. Right. He's done a whole bunch of stuff. Travis, we're going to talk to him. Uh, pick his brain about the writing process—interesting stuff. And then after that, we're going to be talking to Doug McCorkle. Travis, uh, he is the subject of a documentary that's not really a documentary. Uh, it's called "I Am an Electric Lampshade," and I watched the movie, Travis. It's fucking far out, man. Cool. Sorry. I would I would expect that from the title. Uh, he, he, uh, he's an accountant, he's like 60 years old, and he just says, fuck it, and decides to be a music man, and he makes some really wild music. He, he, he kind of sounds a little bit like the Duhast Man. Oh, sure. Yeah, they go in a direction you don't expect, Travis. It's a, it's a really weird movie. It's, it's a, it's a hybrid. It's kind of based on him, but, uh, they get weird with it. And it's not a documentary at all. Like, it's very colorful. It's a wild movie. So check that one out. I'm an electric lampshade. They're both coming out soon. Travis, I want to talk to you about a couple of things. Okay. Uh, I saw on Twitter the other day that they're making a Fall 2. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I saw that as well. <laughs> now, Travis, Fall 1, you saw Fall 1, right? I really enjoyed it. I liked it, too. But the thing that bummed me out about Fall 1 is is that they didn't die. That she didn't yeah, fall. One of them died. The other one did not die. Spoiler alert. And spoiler
3: alert, yeah. And and uh, I like the reveal of that death, too. I thought it was pretty clever. Dude, but Travis, don't need to make a fall, too. No, I mean, you're either going to follow this same deranged woman who's going to <laughs> climb a tall structure <laughs> at the peril of her own life a third time. Right. Or you're going to... Or- so- the movie Fall One, she was hesitant to climb the tall thing. And you had to remind me of this, right? Because I said if she climbs another thing, she deserves to fall. And you reminded me that she was hesitant to climb because she was in another climbing accident where her husband died yeah. by falling off so a So she structure. was hesitant
2: to call that time and she shouldn't have done it. And yeah. now she's gonna do it again, Travis?
3: Yeah. You're just you're you're tempting you're tempting the fates. Uh, and I don't think you're going to win this time. So I'll be really curious to see if it is the same character who is dumb enough to climb, in which case she better fall very better quickly fall, into the movie. better Yeah. And quickly. I want to see her die for her poor actions, maybe on the climb up. Like, I don't even want her to get to the summit. I want her to fall off, like, halfway up to whatever they're climbing, if this is the case. And then what are they going to do the rest of the time? Just... There's some other people. They course. were climbing ahead of her. Oh, okay. And they can't go back down because something happened. So now they got to go all the way back. Maybe they, they got to call go
2: her up. in because somebody else climbed really high. And like, you know, sh- they need her particular set of skills to do the climb. <laughs> like, like a retired uh,
3: special ops person. They like call this w- Randall.
2: There's only one s- person who could make this climb. Someone who's <laughs> made it before, you know, <laughs> Travis, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there is something else though because uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but I love music lawsuits. They're like my you favorite do. thing in the entire world. And th- this isn't necessarily a music lawsuit yet, but the uh, the guy from the band Superdrag made some accusations on Instagram the other day, Travis, is that a super group
3: or is that super band drag? I should know? Do you yeah, remember not... uh, who sucked
2: out the feeling? You remember that song? Uh, yeah. Oh
3: yeah. I think so.
2: That was super drag. Okay. Anyway, so super drag, they, uh, they, they made accusations on Instagram the other day and Travis, I can't, I could just read you, I guess the Instagram post, but I thought of a better way to, uh, recreate the audio of an argument in the comments of an Instagram post. And that is just to have a I acted out. Oh, perfect. Uh, So playing the part of super drag guy is a I Amy Schumer and playing the part of Ryan Adams replying to them is a I Stacy Keach, (laughs) Travis. So that's a perfect combination. uh, This is super drag guy and Ryan Adams arguing on Instagram.
0: This clown straight up stole my music and made a bunch of money with it. And that's besides being a creep. Middle finger emoji.
2: And then Ryan Adams replied, Travis.
1: LOL, you wish. Nalex, no Chilton. (laughs) LOL.
2: I don't really know what he said. said. LOL, you
1: wish. Nalex, no Chilton. LOL.
2: Nalex, no Chilton? What the fuck does that mean? LOL, you wish. N-A-X, no Chilton. Well, LOL, you wish. That just means, yeah, I didn't... That was clear. I didn't steal your song. And then this is a super drag guy coming back at him.
0: Bruh, enemy fire is in the valley of dying stars. Anybody with ears can hear it. You know it. You were there when we mixed it. I'd be happy to explain it to you further if necessary, up close and personal. Real talk, fuck Instagram.
2: So they're going to fight. Travis. Yeah. Now I have me, I have clips. Which one do you want to hear first? Do you want to hear Super Drag or do you want to hear Ryan Adams? Let's hear the original song. So Super Drag, I guess. Okay, this is the Super Drag song. So well, he claims that Ryan Adams was there when they were making this song. Sure. When they mixed it in the studio.
3: Sure. So, and then soon
2: yeah. after this Ryan Adams song came out, Travis, Tell me
3: I, mean, I can hear it travis i can hear it too tonally it's there he just slowed it down ryan adams hasn't made a a, a good song since uh summer of
2: 69 no no that's brian adams travis this is ryan adams oh uh he was the one that was married to mandy moore oh he fucked it isn't he, he didn't he beat her i think so or he was just like a drug addict and a jerk yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he beat her. I don't remember. I remember that like they didn't end on good terms. Right. I do know yeah. that yep. Travis, and it was yep. it was mainly because she said he wasn't a very good guy. And but I here th- he is out there stealing songs. Well, this this is old. This is these are all old songs. That uh, so the super drag. Why man, is this coming up now? Then I don't know, super drag man. He's been he's been harboring this resentment for a while, and finally he takes to Instagram to call him out. Yeah, they're gonna fight. Don't they got lawyers for that kind of shit? I didn't sue, I guess. Maybe he understands the spirit of things, that all things like he, can probably be mistaken wants, for other He things. wants
3: to fight first. Yeah, yeah. Su-
2: <laughs> su- sue later. <laughs> it's really a good way to do it, Travis. Yeah, I think so. So which one do you want to hear first? Travis, Should we talk to Paul White's first or Doug McCorkle? Uh, let's talk to Paul Whites. Okay, so Paul Whites, uh he's in a or he, he's not in a movie. He directed a movie. It's called Moving On. It's in theaters now, guys. It's got Jane Fonda and uh, Lily Tomlin in it. It's got fucking uh Malcolm, Mac- Malcolm McDowell. It's got Shaft, Travis, uh, uh Holy shit. Richard Roundtree. Uh I got to see it early, Travis, cuz I'm a big shot, but uh guys, go see uh Moving On. Paul wrote it and directed it. Uh good times.
1: Whoever wins the fight gets dibs on the song "Beeotch."
0: W F O D. A devoted wife and mother, a doting grandmother. Joyce was a wonderful woman. Joyce.
1: This is Claire, one of Joyce's oldest friends. They were at college together. (sighs) Claire. Howard, I'm going to kill you. Now that she's gone, I'm going to do it this weekend. Evelyn, I need to talk to you. About what? I told him I was gonna kill him. I could chat. It's been four and a half decades. Feels like it was yesterday.
2: You were delusional.
1: She told me you were cruel. So, what's the plan? Scarface. I'm gonna buy a gun. Oh, it was cute. Very. Wanna hold it? And I'm gonna take it to the wake. How's the recoil? I'm not gonna lie, it has a little kick.
0: Well, darn it, we tried. Do you have any poison? I have a cyanide pill. In case I'm captured by the enemy, you can have it.
1: I want you to tell the truth.
3: I am shocked by your utter selfishness. You blame me for what happened in your own marriage. I think you were not built for happiness. <laughs>
1: I'm in. You're in what? My other murder canceled this week, so I've got time. I've missed you. You had my number. Well, you had my number. So we're both lousy friends.
3: I want someone to be sad, and I want to know
2: that I'm responsible! Having trouble deciding what products to buy because you don't want to support a business owner who doesn't agree with you politically? That's why I created the new Bilateral Pillow. We divide our workforce into two separate buildings, making it easy to tell which pillows were stuffed by like-minded allies. Look, it says it right there on the box. And me? Don't worry about me. I believe in nothing. The Bilateral Pillow. Don't lose any sleep over it. First guest is an Academy Award-nominated screenwriter, director, and producer. His latest stars Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Called "Moving On," and it's in theaters now. Paul Weitz is on the program. So, Lily Tomlin came to you and wanted you to write something for her and Jane Fonda, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I'd written I'd written "Grandma" for her, um, and uh, <laughs> you know, but hey, I've written movies for actors, and then they're like, uh, I really don't like this. <laughs> um, and that's always the possibility. Um, yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, so she, she asked me to write something for the two of them, and then I just had this image of, of the opening, kind of the relatively opening scene of the movie, where someone is at a funeral and people are going up to the widower and, and uh, and you know, giving him condolences and saying hello, etc., and then someone comes up and says, I'm going to kill you this weekend, and then moves <laughs> on. And I was like, oh, Jane Fonda says that. And um, So you, you had that that one nugget
2: that you – kind of peeled back from there
0: yeah exactly exactly and then i had to think why does she want to kill him and what is the relationship between her and her friend um and uh how do you know how does one history one's history affect you know uh affect one's future um so yeah
2: is it beneficial to kind of know who you're going to be working
0: with before you even start writing or it's it's really beneficial because i mean I started as a playwright and I think I I remember things uh, verbally. I don't remember images, really. Yeah. You know, that shows my filmmaking. But uh, so if I can hear their voices, then I really am able to write the damn thing. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, you get a perception of somebody in this case, like Jane, as somebody who's been uh, who has a lot of stuff that they're dealing with from their childhood and who has been open about it and talked about it. Um, real Jane Fonda or the character? And real real Jane Fonda, and that informs the character. Oh. And also literally informs the character, like, you know, the, so the first thing I do is I send them the script, and then we sit down and I say, does that anything not make sense? And is there anything that, you, you know, think isn't in here? And so Jane really told me a lot about her character in terms of that. She was somebody who... Um, uh, you know, well, this this thing happened, but but even before that, as a kid, she said that she, her character moved around a lot. That her dad was in the military, and she hadn't seen like a loving family. Um, and and then Jane and Lily worked together to come up with what their relationship was with the third friend, um, who's Malcolm's uh, wife. Um, and and I, I just put that stuff in, in the script.
2: Did I read right that you wrote this longhand? Like you went
0: to. Oh. Yeah, coffee and sometimes shopping? when I'm when I'm worried I'm not going to uh, finish something, I write it longhand because it's a lot harder to go back and mess with the beginning or something. Um, so yeah, oftentimes I'll write in longhand and then and then put it in there. Oh, so yeah. oftentimes you write longhand most of the time? No, not necessarily. But if it's something that it's like I'm almost like trying to keep it a secret from myself that I'm doing it, then I'll. <laughs> I'll do that. Yeah. yeah. What does that mean, Paul? Uh, keep it a secret from yourself. Well. I think that you know. Sometimes you feel, oh, this might be a little ill advised to do this movie or something. Or like nobody's asking me to do this. You know, it's not like um, I want to. I want to get a draft of it before I realize what I'm doing.
2: So you're kind of unofficially writing it, as opposed to like setting hours and sitting
0: down. Yeah, the- yeah, yeah, and like um, I'm, I'm allowing myself to be like before I was doing this professionally. I'm allowing myself to get in the same headspace as when I would just, and I would do this. This is what I would do. You know, I wasn't able to make films. I just write these things yeah, and have the experience of writing them. Um, And, but sometimes like if it's something like this, that I know in a certain, I think this is in a certain way ambitious, but maybe not in a particularly apparent way. Um, You know, I want it to be almost like a guilty pleasure. Cause
2: you have been doing this now for a pretty long time. Is it, different now that you do it professionally like as far as i mean like you you do it for a job so you kind of have to continue to do it as opposed to just doing it
0: it's not really that different i mean it's weird because um i love directing so much like i love being on the set and 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 uh it's a fantastic sort of um lesson in like what you can control what you can't control i love um you know, hey, being on set with Jane and Lily and having Jane have a good time doing what is essentially a very indie film. Yeah. Um, one doesn't think of it, but actually a lot of these actors, while they've done spectacular work, haven't done really an indie film. Is that true? Well, I think in a certain way, yeah. If, yeah. if, if By indie, I mean like low budget. yeah, um, Something where nobody's over your shoulder saying you can, can't do this, can't do that. I mean, look. grandma was like $600,000 budget. So that was, you know, that's, that's
2: probably
0: a lot lower
2: than Lily Tomlin or even probably you are used to working with.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I've learned how to do it now.
2: So directing is, is what you prefer to do as opposed to
0: writing. I like them both. I mean, writing is like playing, (laughs) it's like playing with dolls when you're a kid. It's like, this person (laughs) says this, this person says that, (laughs) but you're totally committed to it. Um, and then, uh, I like every prior. I mean, directing is a good antidote to it because um, you have to live in a world of practicality and you have to make decisions. Um, you know, you can't be standing around being indecisive. Yeah. Because then you're going to lose it.
2: And I guess if you're doing both, then you can kind of play with it a little bit on the day and not be worried that you're going to
0: piss somebody off. So. For sure. that That's the big thing for me. It's like, if I want to cut something, cause it sounds weird coming out of the actor's mouth, I'm going to cut it. You know, I don't have to look over my shoulder and <laughs> right. have an actor writer glowering at me. Um, yeah,
2: was this was this a COVID movie? I, I it wasn't. did you write it during yeah. COVID or directed it during COVID or wrote, all wrote, of that?
0: Both wrote, wrote and directed it during COVID. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It, see, it, it's weird now to
2: kind of watch movies that come out now and kind of look for uh, are people staying apart or is like a glass onion? They were wearing masks for a little bit, and I imagine in ten years we go back and watch that, we'll be like, what are they wearing masks for? But.
0: I know. Well, it's so weird. Cause you know, you know, there was a moment there was like, does every movie have to have masks in it? You know, <laughs> it's not gonna be much fun. Uh, No, you know, we were testing every day. I will say this, like a good 20% of your budget goes to COVID. Oh really? Oh yeah. yeah when you're testing... already on a
2: low budget, I imagine that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. Uh, so where, where should I send, it? I guess it's, it's coming out this Friday.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Do you have like a website or something I
0: should send people to? Uh, Is there um, a website? Well, uh, I guess uh, you could look on Fandango or on. um, In terms of uh, uh, where it's playing, you're in St. Louis, right? Are you? Mm -hmm. I'm in St. Louis. Yeah, playing Um, at the the Plaza
2: over here. Do you know where
0: in St. Louis is playing?
2: Yeah, Yeah. the Plaza, Frontenac, a couple other places. It
0: looks like a lot of the. Great. Uh, Yeah, you know. Yeah, please, please go see it. Yeah,
2: Paul, I appreciate your time, man. Is cool talking
0: to you. Thanks. Thanks. Take care. Okay, thanks a lot. Mike, Mike, Mike,
1: Mike, Michael Moore. Mike, Mike, Michael Moore. Mike, 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 Michael Moore. Mike, Mike, Michael Moore. Mike, 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 Michael Moore, Mike, Mike, Michael Moore, Mike, 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 Michael Moore,
2: Mike, 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 Michael Moore. Uh, Travis, I uh, I, I sent you a link the other day to a, a new product called uh, a (laughs) follow f-a-h-l-o now i I think the bracelet doesn't really have anything to do with anything travis uh but what it is is it's a a piece of jewelry uh with an animal charm on it and (laughs) now follow isn't like running around with dark should i should i Fill the people in on what this is first, Travis. Yeah, fill, okay. the, fill the
3: people in. We'll, okay. we'll talk about I, I almost Guys, forgot about it. I got Tay the coolest gift. This bracelet from
2: a brand called Follow. You scan this QR code, and it's actually connected to a real-life animal. The bracelet has a giraffe on it. He's just walking around. They
3: didn't get you anything, though. <laughs> Travis, so... That was the werewolf from
2: uh Twilight by the way. Yeah, whose voice you just heard. You don't see him in stuff anymore. Where the fuck did he go, Travis?
3: I think he made a couple of low budget action flicks and then just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. So I guess uh uh Team Edward won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's fucking
2: Batman, Travis.
3: Uh, yeah, suck it.
2: <laughs> so fucking I'm assuming that they have these animals already with trackers on them for scientific reasons and like yeah if, follow is not wa- running around darting giraffes so that your bracelet right. can find them right yeah if you watch any nature show <laughs> you know they'll trank these
3: animals and then they'll slap a tag on their ear or their talon or whatever so they can kind of keep track of its migrational patterns and all that stuff
2: so i i guess this is
3: this is uh, well first of all it's pretty fucking stupid travis what do I care about some random giraffe and what it's where it's walking? Yeah. You, it's not, not like you get a video feed of this. or So anything.
2: you can QR code a specific giraffe and just see where it's going. Right. Like, oh, look, it's walking around in Africa. It's a giraffe. And then one day it'll just stop moving, Travis, and you'll know. Yeah, that means it was poached. <laughs> Or, or the geotag will, like, travel to, like a, like, a meat plant. It'll go to, like, a meat market in China.
3: <laughs> then it'll be put on a boat or something and end up in the United States where it's black market giraffe meat. So
2: I guess they're hoping that you lose interest in following the, the giraffe's progress before it dies Or else you'll just be really sad, right? Is this something
3: like, I don't know, I don't understand this. Is this like something you're going to call your buddies? Oh, man, you should have seen the pattern that the giraffe walked in my geo tab today, Uh, went to the water, (laughs) and then it went back to where it usually is. Yeah, Travis, who gives a shit? Nobody cares. It's a giraffe. It it walks around. I want to know. Who not only who came up with this idea and thought that this is something that people would would want to just watch a little blip on a radar screen uh, and be like, oh, yeah, that's the giraffe. I can see where it is. That's my pet. And I don't even have to feed it. Or if like these scientists who already tagged these animals thought, you know, we need a way to fund our research. Uh, Maybe we can put out some sort of consumer product uh, to try to bring in some extra cash so we can tag more of these animals.
2: See, now that's not bad right does the 17 dollar bracelet go to animal research travis because uh, they they have to be animal researchers that are tagging them if if follow is putting tags on it just for the bracelet's sake then i hate it
3: it's yeah 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 right it's not you can't scale that business (laughs) but that's the thing is like it's either the researchers themselves in which case you would think that they would tag that ad with uh you know 50% goes into back into animal research did or if this is some rando with a bunch of money who got uh you know money from the silicon valley bank before it went under that was all like hey you you guys already you scientists you already tagged these animals i think that the population would really like to see the patterns that a cheetah you know is walking around in in africa uh so if we could get that data you know we'll we'll Bring it to the retail market.
2: Or maybe uh, the data is just publicly available and someone co-opted it to sell these dumb charm bracelets.
3: That could be that could definitely be.
2: Yeah, maybe if you just Google, hey, can I watch a giraffe walk around? You can. And we just didn't know because who would even care to look that up?
3: This is not the matter of of a, of a product meeting some sort of demand that already exists, right? Like somebody's like, this data already exists. What else can we do with it? <laughs> um, and really, in, in reality, these people could be lying out of their asses and you'd have no idea. Like, like I said, it's not a video feed. They could put a tracker on. They wouldn't even need to. They could have a bot just
2: randomly moving the dot around your screen. pretend that it's a giraffe the only way to know travis is if we really stick with it and see if it eventually dies because if it walks around uh, how long do giraffes live what's a giraffe's lifespan that's a good question i'm gonna google it giraffe life span travis giraffes live 25 years that's not very long that isn't very long. Well, like big as fuck. The big old thing only lasts for 25 years. Maybe
3: it's the uh, weight of the neck. It eventually just gives out, gives out. Pulls you them down you probably got to
2: like the heart. It's got to pump that blood way up there. Yeah, I would definitely probably eventually so. just says, Jesus, I'm tired really of doing this. Lived a lot longer than like double a dog's lifespan. Yeah. And way less hmm. than us. I guess giraffes, they haven't gotten into medicine yet they'll get there so guys uh, Doug McCorkle uh, he's in a movie he's a he was an accountant and he shifted to becoming a a, uh, film and music man and this this movie this movie's fucking far out Travis I I would recommend this movie I'm an electric lampshade I look forward to it It's gonna be out uh, March 28th on digital
3: dubfod goes hard
1: uh, test one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, hey, cool. nine. Yep, I'm good.
3: Doug was your typical accountant that you would expect to see when you walk into
1: a company for the first time. Oh, I've been in this office for 18 years, but it's not what I want to do for the rest of my life
3: i would think over the course of maybe 15 years it took us to really get doug to let his hair down and when he did it was really letting his hair
2: down
1: He doesn't look much like a corporate accountant anymore i'm an electric lamp share.
3: Here is Mike with a quick update on the WFOD Hollywood Fantasy League.
1: Creed
2: three ended up doing 74 points, so right now we're sitting at 124 total, waiting on the results of Shazam 2, which currently has a 47% oof of a Metacritic. He'll probably still make enough money to overtake Delvin's 150, meaning Jody needs at least 119 from John Wick to not finish last. One portion of the book says babies are taught to be racist or anti-racist, there is no neutrality. Another portion of the book, they recommend the babies confess when being racist. Now this is a book that is taught at Georgetown Day School to students in pre-K through second grade, so four through seven years old. Anti-racist babies. do you, do you agree with this book that is being taught to kids that babies are racist? Anti racist. Anti racist baby. Anti racist baby. Anti racist baby. Anti racist baby. Don't be a racist baby. How, how, how,
1: As you requested. Once again. WFOD Wheelbarrow full of dicks
2: Welcome back. Our next guest is the star of a docu-narrative hybrid experimental adventure film called I'm an Electric Lampshade. It'll be on digital March 24th. Guys, Doug McCorkle is on the program.
1: Hi, Mike. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Doug, I watched your movie last night. (laughs) (laughs) And what'd you think?
2: I was expecting a documentary. I, I, that was, that wasn't a documentary like anything I've ever seen.
1: No, it's a it's a hybrid. Like yeah. it's more like a mixture of a documentary and a narrative together.
2: It, it was it was far out, man. Um, yeah, uh,
1: thank you. <laughs> uh, well, when we uh, when we made it, we knew it was going to be um, a fun experiment, and yeah. it's and it's ended up being better than we imagined. So we're very happy with it. You did you work on that movie for five years, or did yes? They, so, yep. So when
2: did you start making this movie?
1: We started it back in, in 2016. Wow, uh, that was mostly with some of the true documentary footage that we shot, which had some of my colleagues from the from the company I used to work at, where I was a corporate accountant. And um, then we continued in 2017. We shot a lot of the footage in the Philippines. Um, That was the San Andres School um, and so forth. And then in late 2018, we shot the concert down in Mexico City. And in 2019, we did some additional footage in uh, New York. And um, then we went into post-production and it uh, was on a film festival run for about a year. Uh, starting in early 2020 and then here we are finally releasing it in early 2023. It's been a, it's been quite an adventure. Yeah.
2: And so it's, I guess now that it's actually going to be coming out soon, is that kind of a bummer for you or is it a relief at this point?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because I mean, it's, it's been a part of, yeah,
2: it's been a part of your life now for hell, almost a decade
1: yeah. Now, it is. It, it's it's probably, probably right.
2: surreal to finally have it hit to where it everyone is, can see it. It
1: is. In many ways. I mean, we've been I've been working hard on it to get it out there for um for a while and we I've had some good um supporting colleagues sales agent, um film festival strategist, um social media posting person, everybody's been pulling together to to um rally behind the film and um Yeah, so it's amazing to get it out there. I wouldn't call it a bummer, not for me. I think my wife will be very relieved when it's (laughs) out there. (laughs) But um, no, it's for us, it's been a long road, and we're very, very excited to have the public finally see it because we've had so many people have said, where can I see this film? How can I watch the movie? And we've said, you can't until we uh, get it out there on streaming services, and here it comes. So it's cool.
2: To back up and and let people kind of know what the movie is. So you were an accountant and yep. uh, from what I understand, I guess you had a, a colleague that was retiring and you wanted to do something fun for his retirement party. Correct. And you made like a, like a music video. Correct. Where you uh, had like a choreographed dance in it. And that, that was Probably a, a shock for everybody because uh, they just kind of knew you as the nice accountant guy.
1: <laughs> that's a that's a good way to put it. Mike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody's nobody saw it coming. It was a complete surprise. <laughs> we didn't even tell the retiree uh, who was my supervisor that we had um, yeah. were doing it. So. Yeah. So when we showed it on screen, everybody was like, what the heck is this? And, you know, I think I think one of the things that really motivated me was, you know, when you do something like this for the very first time, whether it's a film or a music video or whatever, you know, that that day when you're actually going to show it to somebody is pretty nerve wracking. Oh, sure. And so I didn't really know what to expect. And, uh, you know, within 30 seconds of the music video starting, people were all up they were cheering they were clapping got a standing ovation i mean well beyond what i anticipated and you know i caught the bug i mean that's where i started working with john clayton doyle who was the writer and director of the film yeah. john uh was the choreographer for that original mu- music video and uh so we continued to work together and i and he kind of said well what are we going to do next and i said I wasn't really sure. And he said, how about a short film? Well, the short film ended up ballooning into I'm an electric lampshade, Mike. So that's that's it's been quite a journey. We never imagined that we'd be making a feature film when we first started. But we just kept shooting good footage and and so uh, it just kept getting getting, so many interesting characters. It just
2: kept getting bigger.
1: It did. Yeah, it just kept growing. And then the more we did, the more ambitious we got. The most ambitious shoot, of course, was the um, the concert in Mexico City. Uh, I mean, that was that was an amazing experience. Very nerve wracking for me because I that was you know I was up performing on stage. Although I'd been practicing for it for a long time, but um, yeah, it was great.
2: So, are you making music? Are you? I mean, it, it's it's hard to know. What was you and what was Doug the character in the movie? So are are you pursuing music more still or
1: I kinda had to stop Mike because um I was focused so much on the film. Right. Since I was a producer of the film as as well as um the main character in the film, um, as you probably know, the production side of it. Uh, after the fact, with all the post-production and all the the boring administrative requirements sure, that are associated yeah. with the film, which I knew nothing about. So it was um Submitting kinda, it to
2: festivals and stuff?
1: Yeah, you know? submitting to festivals, um, third-party music licenses, um, just getting all the documentation in order that you need to release a film. That was, you know, that was an experience in itself. And so I really needed to focus on that. So I kind of put the music aside. I... Think it at times about going back to it once the film is out there, mm-hmm. then I'll have some time to explore it again. We'll, um, we'll have to see. But while we were doing the film and making the original music and the original songs for the film, that was a lot of fun. Are you going to
2: make more film?
1: What you, no, <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty straightforward answer, Mike. No, um, uh, my wife threatened divorce if I did
3: Yeah. That.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so no, I'm only kidding. No, she she's her comment to me was if you want to make another film, have at it, but don't cast me in it. <laughs>
2: <I> <laughs> That's said, right. Okay, she's fine. in the movie. She is. Uh, she it, is. Is just about everybody playing themselves in it? I, or like um, fictionalized Well, There's a couple of, them of
1: exceptions. I mean, um Caesar Valentino plays Sin Andre. Um, is obviously not playing himself, although he is uh, an amazing Vogue teacher, an amazing uh, performer in his own right. Um, you know, he plays a character, um, the character that Darnell Bernard plays, which is Gina's companion in the film. Obviously, not him. Um, so there are some characters in the film that are fictitious, but there are but there are some characters in the film that are really playing themselves, like all the drag queens that you see in in the Philippines that are, Mm -hmm. that are at San Andre's school, they are all performers in the Philippines. So, um, so they're a lot of the characters in the film, although they may not be playing themselves per se, they're playing real people that very much imitate their own lives.
2: Right. Did you keep any of the costumes?
1: Yes, I did especially the green jumpsuit that I wore in the live concert. I love that thing.
2: <laughs> you just wear it around the house?
1: Like you No, I don't do that. No? <laughs> Cuz my wife is not a big fan of it. <laughs> but Halloween is the perfect time for it. <laughs>
2: yeah, bring it back out.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
2: Where uh where should I send people, Doug?
1: Where uh um, well the the movie is coming going to be coming out on a bunch of streaming services on March 28th. Um, It's already available for pre-order on iTunes through Apple TV, but some of the streaming services it'll be on will be Voodoo, Google TV, YouTube, Prime Video. It'll also be available on demand through um, services like Comcast and Spectrum and Mediacom and and some of those. So, So the complete list will be available right around the time of the premiere on the film's website, which is I'm an electric lampshade.com. Um, and we'll also post it on the film's Instagram page, which is, um, which is at electric lampshade and also on the film's Facebook page. So uh, yeah, uh, they'll, if, if you direct people to them, they'll find out exactly where to see it.
2: And when are we going to get the soundtrack? When When is that going to,
1: Ah, that's, that's a good right. question. So we're working on that now with our music supervisor, and we expect to release the soundtrack for the film right around the time that the film comes out. It might be a little earlier. We'll have to see what the timing is, but definitely it'll be out by March twenty
2: eighth. Some of those, uh, some of those songs are some earworms.
1: Yeah, they are. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, we really love making those songs, and performing those songs was a real treat. So. Uh, yeah, it's great. The it's great to have it out there. I mean, you know, a lot of people have said, "When's the music coming out?" Well, it'll be out there soon. <laughs> so cool,
2: <laughs> Doug. Man, it, the the movie's great. Uh, it's it's cool talking to you. I, I appreciate your time. Absolutely, um, Mike. Thanks, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Dubfod goes hard.
2: How about some picks of the week? I, I got a pick of the week for you. I got a. Uh, I've been I've been binging the most recent couple of weeks of uh, Russell Brand's podcast lately. Oh, how was that? I'm getting into Russell Brand, Travis. He he talks really fast, and I don't understand most of what he says. <laughs> uh, but it's but it's interesting. The guy he's gotten really far out in the past
3: handful of years. That dude.
2: Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> so apparently the. the uh, the Russians were harassing one of our drones that was flying around the other day. Damn Russians. And uh, it, it, all the news coverage was uh, referring to it as harassing. And uh, he said something funny. He's like, what are they sky <laughs> And It made me laugh so hard because <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's funnier when he says it in his weird English accent, Travis. That's that's the whole reason that uh,
3: one of the best characters in in recent comedy history is Aldous Snow from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which spawned uh, Get Him to the Greek, which is an amazing movie and an amazing uh, soundtrack too, and it's all because of that goddamn accent
2: Russell Brand has. Yeah, Travis, that that character was great, even though it's just Russell Brand. It's just Russell Brand, and you thought it was like this is a brilliant. Acting job by somebody, but no, that that's just no, him.
3: That's that's who he is. Watch uh, watch the remake, the terrible. I'm sorry, remake of Arthur, and you'll see that Russell
2: Brand typically is Russell Brand. <laughs> he just kind of uh, bandies about, Travis. Yep, kind of just flitters through
3: life, uh, either in 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 all of his roles, either intoxicated or on some sort of uh, controlled substance.
2: He's kind of like a more effeminate fancy captain jack sparrow oh yeah yeah i could see that with a better accent yeah so uh yeah no he uh he has a special out that he's been advertising i i haven't pulled the trigger on watching it yet but his (coughs) podcast is pretty fun so what's his podcast called Uh, stay free with russell brand no perfect
3: how long has he been doing this program
2: I don't think it's been going on that long. I think he was a YouTube guy, but they kept futzing with him on YouTube. So he started doing other things. He's on Rumble now, Travis, which I've been hearing more and more about Rumble lately. That's, you know, uh, the YouTube alternative that people have been going to. I bought stock in Rumble because I've just been hearing people talk about Rumble so much lately. I'm Hmm. like, hmm, maybe there's something to this Rumble thing.
3: Yeah, might as well get in on the ground floor. Travis got pick of the week. Yeah, Travis's pick of the week this week. I finally got around to uh, watching The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent starring Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal, now streaming on Stars. And goddamn was that motion picture hilarious. Very funny. If you're not familiar with it, Nicolas Cage plays nick cage which is obviously a version of him so much so that they actually play clips of Conair, the rock guarding tests things like that throughout um and pedro pascal is uh, a big fan who uh, presents nicholas cage one million dollars to come to his uh birthday party Um, nicholas cage is down on his luck and decides to take that goes to spain Where he gets uh, involved uh, kind of ridiculously in a CIA stakeout of Pedro Pedro Pascal because he is uh, possibly a a drug warlord in Spain. Uh, Hijinks ensue. Uh, it is very funny. It is like high concept nonsense that you don't really see made too much anymore,
2: <laughs> but uh, really enjoyed it. The unbearable weight of massive talent. High concept nonsense. That's what I like, Travis. I like high concept n- nonsense.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's like swings. You don't make. Yeah. You don't see shit like that anymore. It's like, you know, you make a buddy comedy, but you don't have that propulsion of like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger are somehow twins. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then also in the background of this ridiculous thing of them trying to figure out that if they're twins or not, there's also some sort of mob thing going on. Just high concept nonsense. It's
2: very entertaining. Throw mama from the train. Hell yeah. Yeah. There's not enough uh, uh, grandma murder in movies anymore, Travis. Stop or I'll shoot my mom. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. More more grandma murder, more high concept. That's what let's I say. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's get out of this boring period where everything's a sequel.
3: Yeah, everything's a sequel or a shot in front of a green screen. You know, throw an old lady from a train. Let's That's get, the kind of shit I want to see. Let's get weird with it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Guys, we did it. We did do it. And uh, if you like what we did here, please... Uh, support us over on Patreon, uh, where we are offering early access to each new episode. As soon as Mike completes, you will not have to wait until the release date of Monday. You will get them early. Uh, if you like what we do here, please just throw us a shekel. Uh, you know, one or two months, give us a buck. You know, that's all we're at. Shackles, Travis. A couple shekels.
2: Okay, bye. <laughs> I'm Dill Dannon. For listening to this installment of WFOD, our operation is 100% independent, so your support is appreciated. We don't advertise, so we rely on word of mouth. Please take a moment to tell a friend, share a link, leave a review, or any of the other things podcasts ask you to do. The music featured in this episode is by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Check him out at whitebataudio.com. You can contact us with comments or questions by phone at six three six. 487-HAND, or by email at Mike at wfodix.com, Travis at WFODicks.com, or Drunk at WFODicks.com. Special thanks, as always, to our Patreon sponsors, Jim Chadman, Brian Kranz, Liquid Lozenge, Valerie Carpenter, Jay Adson, and Rabbit Poundings. If you want early access to episodes, you can support the show at Patreon.com slash WFODIX. Our entire catalog can be found at WFODshow.com or you can find our feed of the latest episodes on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, iHeart, or wherever else fine podcasts are found. Check us out on social media, WFODshow on Twitter and Instagram, WFODix on Facebook and YouTube. We will return next week, but really, we're never gone. Take care. Move mm-hmm. You know it's over bye do they have spinoffs and stuff coming out still or yeah there is there was
3: supposed to be a daryl and carol show and carol opted out so i think now it's just norman reedus there's also a negan slash maggie show coming out And apparently there's also a Rick and Michonne one coming out, which seems like overkill, especially since that show's viewership dropped like a motherfucker in the last handful of seasons. God, if all those people are still going to do it, why don't they just keep the show going? Just keep the show going. Right. It doesn't make any sense to me. Just make it more Walking Dead.
2: Right. You're going to do three spinoffs and essentially keep all of the characters it's probably because that way they can put more on TV. They can, you know,
3: because they do those stupid mid-season breaks and shit. And so it's probably like they can just constantly have a Walking Dead show on wow. all the time. Yeah,
2: but like nobody watches it
3: anymore. I know. Like I he- could, I, I couldn't stand it for. A while. I was watching it like hate watching it there for a yeah. long time, and finally I was like, "Fuck this." <laughs> It's just like I think I watched like the first three seasons of like the first spinoff, that Fear the Walking Dead, and then they made another spinoff, and I was done with all of it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> milked it into the ground. Yeah, that's what they do with everything, though. It is.
3: That's why I like the fact that like Succession is coming to an end after this season, and Barry is done after this season too. It's like
2: four seasons we're out. It's like, yep, good. They they're talking about this being the last season of Ted Lasso, but they might bring it back. That's what they keep yeah. saying. I uh, saw that too. That they said it was the last season, but the, now they're like, uh yeah. They kind of walked it back. They're like, yeah. oh well, this is you know the the completion of the story arc, but the but we might just make up more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm
3: sure Apple Plus is probably like, you motherfuckers better not stop making this. Yeah, you
2: know? I, I I don't know if that's like super popular, or if it's kind of like 30 Rock, and it's like a critical darling, and some people know about it? I just don't think a lot of people have Apple TV. I don't think... No.
3: No, I don't think so either, and that's why I I don't have it right now. I had it for a while, and then I was like... Then I I know Ted Lasso's back, and I'm like, ah... Do so I get it now or do I wait a few weeks so there's right. a handful of episodes yeah. and then I can finish Mythic Quest because I canceled it before I was able to finish this last season of Mythic Quest? And-
2: well, they uh, they have soccer. And I was like, well, I kind of I wanted to watch like the first uh, St. Louis City game. Oh, sure. And it was like, OK, well, we have soccer on Apple TV, but you have to Buy Apple TV, and then it's $15 a month for soccer. What? So, so yeah, soccer doesn't come with Apple TV. Soccer is a premium add on once you already have Apple TV so oh, that's stupid yeah it's it's kind of a crack of shit I, yeah at least when you pay for peacock you get free soccer yeah so i mean you know i don't i don't know how you uh, and, and like that's where all their games are too so oh really they're exclusive to apple tv yeah so <laughs> nice. you, you have a first year team and you're trying to build a fan base and you have it, but behind, you're you're behind, putting it behind two paywalls. Yeah, behind two paywalls. <laughs> Seems real fucking smart, right? <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Let's we're gonna sell the shit out of this merch. <laughs> yeah, but, but I guess they're doing okay. I think that uh, a lot of I I was listening to the Battle Hawks on the way home from work yesterday on on Sirius XM and uh, they seem to be doing really well.
3: Like, yeah, a, I think they've only choice. lost one
2: game. Well, I don't know about their record. I'm just talking about like the attendance at the game. Oh, sure. Yeah. They started selling the upper bowl. uh, When I was listening yesterday, the the ref accidentally called a penalty on Seattle instead of St. Louis. Like he didn't realize (laughs) where he was. And he said Seattle. And he's like, oh, I mean, St. Louis. (laughs) That guy was booed. it was was deafening (laughs) travis the booze when he said seattle instead of st louis it was really funny
3: it's definitely a more raucous version of football like that it's like it's pretty fucking entertaining
2: yeah and and, uh, from what i see it looks like uh everybody's dressing up like a bunch of bunch of goofballs and Mm -hmm. uh it's like an event to go to one of those things yeah
3: yeah it definitely is yeah it's you can see and they must yeah they must be doing well too because you see a lot of people wearing Battlehawk shit in the stands yeah so that's pretty cool and hopefully hopefully the rock can keep this train rolling
2: yeah well i thought last time it seemed to be doing okay but yeah and then and they COVID. were just like oh yeah we're not going to finish the season we're bankrupt
3: yeah um and i think yeah, covid shut them fucking trap yeah. put them right in the ground yeah
1: i don't which know which is a shame
2: it's good to see it back though Yeah, it's fun. Something to do.
1: Yeah, for sure.